During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, January 24th, 2022. I'm on your host, Blessing, Addy OA Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, Tim Ma Fuggin Gettys. Bless, how are you doing on this beautiful Monday? Tim, I'm doing pretty good. I am tired because mm -hmm. last night I stayed up late watching Euphoria for the Ooh, first time. And okay. let me tell you, I was only planning to watch one episode. I was like, you know what? Everybody's talking about this Euphoria thing. I know it has Zendaya and I love Zendaya. Let me watch the first episode and see what it's all about. I, I kid you not, I watched three episodes. And these are hour-long episodes. I watched oh, yeah. three episodes. I contemplated watching the fourth the fourth episode. But I was like, I need a break. Because that is a heavy show. I don't know if you've oh, seen yeah. Euphoria. Oh, man. That show goes places. Yeah. Start so I, I actually saw episode four first. Oh, interesting. Just because Gia was watching and I was working on some stuff and I didn't have time to do it. But episode four caught my attention so hard where I'm like, what the fuck is this show? Degrassi always says it goes there. Euphoria goes there, my friend. Dude, that is the that's actually the reason why I wanted to watch Euphoria is because I believe it was HBO Max who announced recently that they're going to bring back Degrassi and it is going to be like hour long episodes, which Hell I can't yeah. wait for. I, fucking I can't love Degrassi. wait at all. But uh, I, after hearing that announcement, I got in the mood. I was like, dude, I need I need that hit right now. And I know Euphoria touches on like a lot of similar like it's high school students who are <laughs> doing drugs and shit. I was like, you know, yo, let's do it. Let's watch this. And dude, like. When I tell you that Zendaya is doing drugs in this oh, show, yeah. like drug drugs, I was not prepared from the get go from episode one. Like they're mm -hmm. already they throw you right into it. Like every yeah. nobody, there is not one character in this show who's having a great time. Like all of them are doing their own <laughs> fucked up thing <laughs> in their own I, fucked up way, and I can't I can't take my eyes off. Bless, it. I'm I'm very excited for you. I I think that this might literally become one of your favorite shows of all time. It is. I, 10 I, out I think of 10. it might be. Like, yeah. honestly, if I if I think about the genres of TV that I really love, I do have like a soft spot for high school drama. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if it is because I grew up in Degrassi, uh, but like I don't know if it's because I grew up going to high school. <laughs> Probably because I, I went to a high school one or two times. Uh, but yeah, like between Degrassi and like even Riverdale, you know, even though, even though Riverdale kind of turned into trash uh, a few yeah. seasons in. I fucking love Riverdale season one. This is much better than that, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I, I've been having a, a fun time with that. Tim, how are you Dude. doing? Dude, I'm doing I'm doing great. And staying on the Euphoria thing for just one sec. For years, G has been telling me like, oh, that uh, Zendaya went to like this high school, like the same high school circuit that she did, and so like she went would go to like stage productions that Zendaya was in, mm -hmm. totally burying the lead that Gia's dad was Zendaya's principal. 
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is way oh. closer a connection. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what I want to know is like how 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 much did in in high school did Zendaya act like her character in the show because she plays that character very well. I I, I doubt I doubt well. very much. <laughs> uh, you don't think she was in high school no. just taking any any pill? Like any pill that's available to her. She is taking it. It's wild. It's wild. Go watch Euphoria or don't if you're yeah. squeamish cuz there's a lot going on. There's a show. lot Enough. to scream at. Enough about that, Tim. Let's talk about today's stories because it is a packed news day. Today's stories include Pokemon Legends Arceus possibly being amazing, Elden Ring going gold, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get right in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you a new episode of ps i love you xoxo is recording later today on patreon we're going to be talking all about the playstation side of the activision blizzard acquisition and asking Will Xbox Game Pass ever come to PlayStation? That's the magic magic question today. You can catch that later live on Patreon or when it goes up tomorrow for everyone over on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Thank you to our Patreon producers, James Davis at James Davis Makes, Blackjack and Pranksy. Today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress and Babel, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven That's a high news day for me. Usually I like to aim for five or six. We got seven. And I had to make some cuts. I had to make some cuts. There was also a news story about like the N64 emulation on Switch is like slightly better. They made some fixes in Zelda Ocarina of Time. Basically, when you're in the mirror dimension, there's the reflections in the water. I had to cut that because that's that's small time compared to the news that we got. No time to talk about that news that we just talked about. No time to talk about that, which I really wanted to talk about, but I really couldn't fit it in. And so shout out to that. Let's talk about story number one. Pokemon Legends Arceus is apparently really good question mark question mark i'm gonna start with chris scolian at vgc i have a couple of sources but i'm gonna start with chris scolian because chris scolian basically combines multiple sources into one chris writes a number of japanese video game websites have been posting their first impressions of pokemon legends arceus following a recent hands-on event in japan famitsu praised the game uh, for moving the pokemon series in a new direction saying quote it's safe to say that this is this game is completely different from previous titles the first thing that impressed me when i started playing was the exhilarating feeling of moving around freely in the vast world uh, end quote GameWatch also delivered a positive preview, saying the ability to ride Pokemon, quote, strongly matches the worldview, making you feel more like you're adventuring in the Pokemon world, which I personally found to be an excellent system, end quote. It also celebrated the way the the more traditional Pokemon battle system is integrated into the open world gameplay. Quote, this system, which successfully combines the action of this title with traditional Pokemon battles, is highly accomplished. And I especially appreciate the fact that Pokemon battles are a means to a different end, which fits the worldview of the game, it said. Was worldview a, like phrase that the preview guy said a bunch of times it has <laughs> to be right this like, reminds me of like 
This reminds me of Returnal, where everybody started using the word biomes after yeah, Returnal because exactly. they said it in an email, and now everybody's using it for everything. Yeah, Me and Blast is going to drop. We're going to drop uh, worldview just constantly now for every we new got, story. We got to find our own thing. We got to find mm-hmm. like just for whatever random. I guess there's a lot of open world games, right? So we got to find whatever buzz term that we're going to use. I kind of funny to describe every single open world game going forward. I'll, yeah. I'll think about it. I'll, I'll meditate about it. Good. So that's VGC, right? Over the weekend, a friend of the show, Laura Kate Dale, at Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, uh, tweeted a thread uh, on Twitter talking about her time with the game after getting a retail copy. It's a longer thread that I've condensed into maybe like a third of the thread. I recommend go checking out that thread if you want the full thing. Uh, and she also mentioned that like the thread contains light spoilers. I edited anything out that I considered spoilerish. It didn't seem like there was much there that was spoilerish, but I know people are, again, like, concerned when it comes to pokemon and so i did my best everybody i yeah, did my th- best i think you did a great job i read the whole thread too and i also don't think that there's too much spoilery t- talk in it it just does get interesting about what qualifies as spoiler and what doesn't specifically because nintendo and pokemon company are infamous for putting weird restrictions around preview and review content of what we can and can't say like they'll just yeah. be like ridiculous things where it's like you can't talk about all these core elements or whatever of this video game so i think laura did a really good job of kind of doing a preview following kind of some internal internal rules that i think feel better than nintendo's rules normally when it comes to actually doing a a good preview for a video game yeah exactly she did a really good job breaking down exactly what the game is and what the experience playing the game is like and so to, to jump into her twitter thread it reads like this it's no secret that retail copies of the new pokemon game are out in the wild after retailers started breaking street date with no review or even preview articles out five days pre-release, I think it's time for my spoiler light preview of my first 40 hours with a retail copy. So how is Pokemon Legends Arceus? It's the most I've enjoyed a new Pokemon game in years, and I say this as someone with 1k plus hours shiny hunting in every game this gen. As an obsessive level Pokemon fan since the series inception, I'm in awe of this game. It's not flawless, but it's ambitious. At its core, Pokemon Legends Arceus feels like Pokemon made in the Breath of the Wild engine, stripped back to focus on the gotta catch em all tagline, with a dose of beginner's first Monster Hunter excursion and hunt structure, and a robust side quest system to build up an evolving hub town. So how does it actually play? Well, the core gameplay loop is pick up quests from a hub town, then head out to, to, to large but contained zones to complete those quests and work towards Pokedex completion through captures and battles. Once you're through the tutorial, you're just sort of left to wander uh, and explore without hand-holding. Go catch Pokemon and work on your Pokedex. No interruptions, just go have fun. This is the most Pokemon has felt like a living world. NPCs acknowledge other regions, new villagers move into your town, Pokemon have new animations and behave differently to each other. New, an- new move animations, battles are faster, and take place in your actual location. Traversal is increasingly opened up by certain ride Pokemon, which help cross bigger, uh, big areas faster when backtracking for dex completion. It's super fluid to swap on the fly between traversal options. Everything moves so fast, nothing makes you pause and wait. The new gameplay flow is incredibly satisfying, but will be divisive potentially. I love it personally. That's where I stop for her preview thread. Of course, go over to her thread if you want to read the full thing. She gets into a lot of details there. But here, Tim, I, I'm, I assume you saw the thread over oh, the weekend. Yeah. What were your thoughts first reading it? Oh, my God. It's to say relief isn't even like a big enough word. Like this is just such a like. Whew, oh my god it's good i can't believe it like I, I trust laura for sure and this is just the best sign that we've had so far because all the trailers and all the the official marketing has been at best fine i would say but i think at worst 
not good because mm-hmm. of the the kind of the the tech issues with some of the frame rate just how empty things seemed and really kind of looking at until the uh gameplay trailer they showed last week and even that i feel didn't do the best job because they just showed a lot of what we've seen before and kind of a, a new framing but it just kind of seemed like what is the game what are we actually doing like how what's going on in this this big world because i it's complicated with something like pokemon where we all want to see it reinvented but we also don't want it to be too far from what we loved about it in the first place right so that's a it's a tough balance but then it also looks like breath of the wild so there's going to be comparisons where it's like what are the expectations here and it's funny because the going back to the vgc article here uh one of the famitsu quotes was the first thing that impressed me when i started playing was the exhilarating feeling of moving around freely in the vast field that feels like such a weird compliment to give a game in 2022 because that sounds like hyrule field in ocarina of time type praise right and pokemon Mm -hmm. always has been on this different scale uh where it just talks about differently because of how revered the franchise is but everyone wants something different from it so the fact that multiple people are now saying that this is delivering what people are looking for i think is very exciting do i fully believe this is going to be the the dramatic shift that we all kind of hoped i i don't know like i am excited that in a week we're going to be able to find out like this game's actually coming out this soon which is incredibly cool to me um i would have never bet on that like at all i would have thought it got delayed uh based on how little we've seen i do think it's bizarre how little we've seen of this game like yeah. it makes no sense when you look back at the way nintendo does things the way pokemon company does things like how is this happening that a twitter thread from laura is the most information we got about the game less than a week out from release like this thread is going to turn the tide for so many people of going from not interested at all to i'm pre-ordering this now in the final moments of of its pre-release yeah, and I, you know, I, I, there's a there's a chat that went by from Unique Technique who said I hated how everybody shit on this game from the jump, and I, I, the, the thing there is that I think you're right in terms of you know the marketing for this game not only was like wasn't great i think it was bad honestly i I don't think the marketing for this game was great from the get-go i remember us live reacting to the first reveal of it and us all freaking out because of the idea of what this pokemon game could be oh this is the pokemon game of our dreams this is the pokemon game where it is for a console it is this big open world you're exploring you know better graphics art style all these things but every single time they've shown it since then they've not shown it in a way that's really done it any justice you know the things that they talk about the 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 things that they're t- that they've touched on in their in their trailers and their gameplay trailers have been focused on i guess the parts of the game that don't seem as interesting right like i i guess it's the thing of how do you market a game a game that seems to be pokemon mixed with monster hunter mixed with breath of the wild without overhyping it and and also like keeping getting pokemon fans excited for fans that have oftentimes been disappointed in the past before like we're coming off of playing pokemon uh, brilliant diamond and shining pearl and both of us came out of that going yeah like it is what it is it's kind of boring to play like it is the traditional it's it's pokemon and i feel like that's been the conversation for uh, about pokemon for so long the fact that yeah like it doesn't really innovate it doesn't really go for it and they don't really have to because they can pretty much put out what are essentially yearly to bi-yearly installments of this franchise and people take it and they're like, yeah, it's Pokemon and we'll shiny hunt and we'll do the thing and we'll do the things and we'll move on from it. I think we've been, we've been kind of trained to not expect any sort of big innovation from Pokemon company aside from like, here's Pokemon unite and, and, um, a MOBA, here's Pokemon sleep, an app that you can use to sleep, right? It's like weird random side stuff that we'll get from time to time that we go, 
all right, but like, are we ever going to get a big new Pokemon experience that is core? This being that, I feel like is it's hard to believe, but you know, this thread from Laura K. Dale, I think, is the uh, like you said, right, the most that we've gotten in terms of oh, this seems like it could be it. This seems like something that's going to be promising, that's going to be fun. Yeah, no, it's it's really cool, and I there's always the the different levels, right, where there's the critic reception, and then there's the community reception, and I think even with that, it splits even more when you're talking about something like Pokemon that has such a rabid fan base that cares so much about nitty gritty details of things that a lot of other people would just kind of not worry about too much, and in, in terms of what type of Pokedex it's using and all that stuff, I think that from what we've heard about this game, it's done a good job of like giving reasons why it's a paired back experience in certain ways in terms of what the decks is because this is the first decks ever made and like that's kind of the point and i'm excited seeing what they're they're saying here and a little bit of what they've been hinting at story-wise of filling out the the legend of arceus like what is it what's it gonna be and i feel like a week ago I had much less faith than I do now in that story and in, in what they're trying to do. We'll still see. I'm still a little hesitant that it's going to deliver what I am looking for from this, but uh, one week away, we'll find out and we'll all be playing it together. So that's cool. Yeah, exactly. In the, in the previews in, in, in Laura's article, honestly exceed my expectations of what I was even expecting before where since, since seeing that first initial reveal, I've come down to being like, okay, this is probably going to be a, a Pokemon game that is, open empty and i'll be doing grindy tasks right it might still be that at its core but it seems like even with that what they're nailing here is the formula and what they're nailing here is making that grind satisfying and i like what laura laura uh, mentions about them really boiling it down to the gotta catch them all um uh, uh tagline and how they're really focusing in on that and for me that's what made breath of the wild so good right in the comparisons to breath of the wild breath of the wild was great because i think they stripped back and went hey, what makes Legend of Zelda great? What makes an open world great? And we'll focus on that. Let's just focus on freely exploring and you know, like letting the player get lost in a world. If Pokemon Legends Arceus is able to look at Pokemon and break it down to its core and go, what are the core things about Pokemon that fans like? How do we take that and recontextualize it to a new formula that is going to be to let us do something bigger and something different and something that we know works in, in a Monster Hunter and other games like that? How can we do it? That, that has me super excited. Like, this is, again, the most I've been excited for a Pokemon game now in a very long time. Yeah, and another thing that I think is really cool that she gets into in her thread, and I'm not going to get into the specifics of, but just there's an idea of you learning about the Pokemon more than you have in the traditional games and catching multiple of a, spe a species actually having a reason and a gameplay element and uh, kind of connects you to these different Pokemon. I love that idea because I think one of the – one of the reasons Pokemon's so difficult to to nail generation after generation is it is a, a product that has grown and kind of just been there for every generation of kids as they continue to get, you know, as, as people age out of it, right? I'm a 32-year-old man, so I played Red and Blue, Gold and Silver. I mean, I played them all, but, like, those are mine, right? And the, I will always have the memories of that set of Pokemon and what that set of Pokemon meant to me and understanding which ones can use Fly and which ones can use Cut and all that shit, right? But then every generation of kids has their own stories of that with a whole new cast of characters and stuff. I play those games and i've never connected with them the same way there'll be one or two or three like a couple of them that throughout your play your game of the different regions you would find a connection with them uh because of whatever reason right but i like that this to me reading the thread i'm like i i feel more interested in these 
a bunch of different Pokemon that I wouldn't have cared about before uh, because it's being recontextualized. Mm. And I hope that that remains true. And I hope that that actually is what this experience turns out to be. Hell yeah, I 100% agree. Tim, speaking of Nintendo, let's hop into story number two. An unannounced Kirby game has seemingly been teased in a Japanese magazine, question mark, question mark. This is Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. A Japanese Nintendo magazine is teasing the announcement of a new Kirby game according to a translation posted by a Twitter user. According to user, Dede Dayo, the teaser image in the January 2021 Nintendo Dream Magazine translates to, quote, new issue will release on Monday, February 21st. In addition to detailed news about Kirby and the Forgotten Land, we've also included a new game that we didn't expect, dot, dot, dot. I have a feeling that a new title will be announced, end quote. It's not clear if the publication is referring to a new Kirby title specifically or just a new game of an unknown series. However, 2022 marks Kirby's 30th anniversary, and Nintendo has said to expect activity. Tim, what do you make of this one? <laughs> expect activity. <laughs> expect activity. I, I don't know, man. I think it'd be weird because it's not like Nintendo has a 3DS anymore, right? Like back in the day, would have made sense. Okay, cool. There's They're making the, the Kirby wii u game but they're also making the 3ds game and they're different games and whatever um nintendo's proven that there's no consistency with anniversaries at all mm -hmm. with how different franchises get treated whether it's the 10th 20th 30th 35th 37th it kind of doesn't matter especially in this day and age when you know plans have shifted so much uh year to year that i don't think that they're really kind of actively targeting anniversaries for for anything of major interest like sure there might be like a merch line or a controller or whatever but like um i don't think that they're going to go too far out to like make this the year of the kirby like yeah year luigi never forget um but yeah i i wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being a totally different game that's not kirby that they're talking about like some some game that we haven't heard announced yet but I can't really wrap my head around two Kirby games coming out unless it was like, I don't think we're going to get like a Kirby collection. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's hard to, it's hard to think of what it would be. I, I, Kirby is one of those franchises that I feel like they just put out games, man. Like they just like every year I feel like there's a new Kirby title and it's like, Oh, this is a fighter. Okay. I guess. And like, I don't really hear many people talk about the talk about the games, but I mean, there's good. There's a fan base out there. Cause they keep putting them out. I wouldn't be surprised if it was just a, Hey, here's, kirby here's kirby 30 and the way that we had mario uh 35 or tetris yeah, 99 that's like, a good call yeah like maybe it could totally. be something like that i think that would fit 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 in line and makes maybe make sense to announce this way i think that's the other thing is that i don't see nintendo as the company to announce a new game through a just a a, a magazine um especially if, if it's a game that might come out worldwide like would you really want to do it through a, a japanese uh like physical magazine yeah. publication I feel like that'd be a weird way to do it. So I don't, I don't, I don't really know what I'm expecting, but I'm, ex I'm expecting something really small. Um, if it's gonna be, if, it, if even if it is like a Kirby thing, it, it could be. Well, no, they said new game, so it's probably not this. But just to put it out there, it could be Kirby and the Crystal Shards, which was the N64 game Ooh, coming to yeah. Switch Online. Yeah, but yeah, and that that can make sense too. Yeah. I've I've come to learn not to expect much from Nintendo with anniversaries. Like I'm I'm done <laughs> like expecting and getting hot for what are they gonna do this year for this thing? Just because I like they I think they've taught us not to expect much. Like we got Skyward Sword last year for Zelda, I guess. And like did we even get a few other things? I'm sure it was probably merch or something that dropped, but like nothing substantial. Yeah, it saddens me, Tim. Yeah, that is what it is, man.
Nintendo. Nintendo. Tim, let's hop into some exciting news. Story number three, Elden Ring has gone gold. Uh, this is from, I got to copy and paste the text because I did not copy and paste the author of the, the article. Uh, it comes from Gamatsu. Sal Romano at Gamatsu. Elden Ring has gone gold. From Software's Yasuhiro Katao confirmed in a Taipei Game Show 2022 presentation video. That means core development is complete and the game is ready for mass production to meet its release date. Quote, development is going smoothly, said Katao in the video. Quote, Elden Ring was originally slated for release in January of this year, and it, is, it has since been pushed back once to, fe- or once to February. But please be assured the title will be ready for sale on February 25th. The master version has already been submitted, and right now the team is working on a, on a day one patch to make sure everything in the game is just so. End quote. Exciting stuff. Unbelievable, man. Congrats to the team. That's so crazy. In this world that they managed to do this, like this game's coming out next month, man nuts we're getting this we're getting horizon we're getting pokemon arceus what what a time to be a gamer man i asked greg this uh like last week on ps love you and he said that he's gonna get into elden ring despite horizon all these other games coming out where are you at tim i know i think you you mentioned that you want to try it out before i'm gonna try it out i'm gonna try it out but i'm not expecting i'm gonna stick with it but i am gonna try this one out what does elden ring need to do for you to get you to stick with it i i don't know i don't know we'll see i don't think that it's gonna gonna stick with me just because of the type of gamer i am Mm. which is a punk ass bitch blessing if that's what you were asking that's fair that's fair I, that is what i was asking that is what i was asking i don't know how i'm gonna play all these games that's kind of where yeah. i'm at you know, and that's one thing too is like i'm gonna be yeah. playing the shit out of horizon at that point hopefully still pokemon at that point yeah like if, if pokemon legends rcs really does live up to what laura and what those previews are are, are, are saying I can see myself getting heavily into that game. That game really does sound like the Pokemon game of my dreams, or at least the Pokemon game that I've maybe been asking for for a while. So I plan to spend a lot of time with that. Dying Light 2 is coming out. There's Horizon Forbidden West that I want to spend. I'm going to spend a lot of time in. There's Sifu that I plan to to beat. And hopefully, like, maybe I can knock that out on a weekend. Who knows? But, like, that game looks fun as hell, and I want to play the hell out of that game. There's Ollie Ollie World, which I'm also looking forward to. There's uh, Rumbleverse coming out mid-February. I have no idea how I'm going to fit in all these games. And realistically, it might be impossible to fit in all these games. So I might have to like push some of them till later in March or something. But uh, I cannot wait for Elden Ring. Elden Ring is definitely one that, that I have on my priority list. Mm-hmm. Definitely top three, and it's not three. You know, Tim? Mm-hmm. Top three, and it's not three. Tim, more for Elden Ring. Story number four uh, from software says Elden Ring can be completed in around 30 hours. This is Tom Ivan at VGC. From Software has confirmed that Elden Ring can be completed in around 30 hours. During a Taipei Game Show 2022 video interview, producer Yasuhiro Katao was asked how long it takes to beat the upcoming game. Quote, this will differ significantly by the player, but in terms of targets set during development, the idea is that the main route should be able to be completed within around 30 hours, he replied. Quote, the game as a whole is quite massive and contains many dozens more hours worth of gameplay. But if you're talking about the main route only, it shouldn't take much longer than that, end quote. Which sounds about right. That sounds like a From Software game. Those games, I would say, take around 30 hours to mainline and complete. I think it being an open world, I would, I might have expected a little bit more, but I do like that they're committing to that 30-hour structure. I think that's going to allow us to, like, at least for me as a player, it's going to allow me to get through it. And then in the way that I like to play open world games, I like to circle back to everything else, um, like all the side stuff afterwards and mm. clear things out after I beat the main quest. And so that excites me. I, lo- I-, I-, I love the 30-hour mark. And, yeah, still looking forward to Elden Ring. Hell, yeah. Tim, 
before I hop into the next news story, I want to let people know that they can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where they can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. When it comes to getting a good night's sleep, there's only one thing you need a good mattress. Forget all those gimmicks like mattress toppers and weighted blankets. If your mattress is terrible, your sleep is going to be terrible. So get the only thing you truly need, a purple mattress. Only purple mattresses have the Gel Flex Grid. It's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points and doesn't retain heat. How do I know? Well, I talked to a young man named Timothy Gettys, and Timothy swears by the purple pillow. Then, on top of that, he used to have a roommate named Joey Noel who swore by her purple mattress. That's that's right. Kind of funny sleeping all over this purple stuff and loving every minute of it. Uh, getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. Get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash kind of funny and use the code kind of funny. For a limited time, you can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kind of funny. Code kind of funny for 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kind of funny. Promo code kind of funny. Terms apply. There are a ton of worthwhile goals to set for yourself this year, and personally, learning a new language with Babbel is at the top of my list. Babbel is the addictively fun, fast, and easy language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Greg, and as you know, I'm in love with a French-Canadian named Jean-Vive Saint-Ange. And uh, Jen, of course, uh, first language is French. She learned English later on, and I've been trying to learn French, but I keep falling off. I've got Babbel on my phone. I'm ready to do it in 2022. Other language learning apps use AI for their lessons plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. You can choose from 14 different languages like Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. I could probably use that for English. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code KINDAFUNNY, all one word. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code KINDAFUNNY, Babbel, language for life. Next news story, Tim, is one that I think at the top is going to sound boring to many people. But by the time we get to the end of this one, I think people will be very fascinated with it. Story number five, Unity has acquired Ziva Dynamics. This is Chris Kerr at Game Developer. Unity has expanded its suite of real-time character creation tools with the acquisition of VFX company Ziva Dynamics. Ziva technology has been used in a number of, ga of game, movie, and television projects, including Game of Thrones, Godzilla vs. Kong, and Sinewa's saga Hellblade 2. The company is described by Unity as a, quote, leader in sophisticated simulation and deformation, machine learning, and real-time character creation, and it's the latest visual effects studio to be acquired by the engine maker after the high-profile purchase of Weta Digital. Unity announced the deal using a Ziva-created digital human called Emma, whose model was trained with over 30 terabytes of unique 4D data and is capable of emoting using over 72,000 trained shapes. What Quote, do you mean by 4D data? What is that? Oh, you're about to see, Tim. You're about to see. Quote, this is deep tech for amazingly realistic animation and incredibly, incredibly, incredibly emotive performances, letting characters shine even in demanding real-time environments. And soon, it'll be accessible to artists and creators of all levels, reads a Unity blog. Kevin, I sent you over a video that I want to watch together. We're not going to watch the whole thing because it's a longer one, but I do want to watch the beginning of it because it, it is, it's the video of Emma, right? You can go ahead and press play here. Hi, I'm a virtual human created by Ziva Dynamics. I'm powered by state-of-the-art biomechanical simulation and I'm running in real time in Unity. But enough about me. I have some even more amazing news to share with you today. 
I'm excited to announce that today, Ziva, my creators, are now part of the Unity family. Unity and Ziva have a shared vision of making realistic, lifelike character creation accessible Nuts. and scalable How uncanny for all is artists. This? Regardless of you can go ahead and pause it there, Kevin. I just wanted to see. I just wanted us to see like it in motion because I saw this this morning. It. I was like, "This is fucking crazy, <laughs> man." Yeah, it it's crazy how much tech has advanced and how Uncanny Valley still is there. Where it's we're like, "That ain't a human. That's yeah. wrong." But we have gotten to the point that we'll debate for a year whether the PlayStation conference was CG people or not, right, Kev? Oh my God, they're fake. There's something up with them, and it's they're fucked up. They're not. Them. They're not telling us about it. You know. <laughs> What like are you hiding, Sony? It's messed no. up that Sony's doing that and Disney's screwing over play, uh, uh, Pixar. Pixar. Yeah, they're fucking Pixar. Hey, what uh, is Disney doing to Pixar? Don't worry about it. Oh, my God. Please, they're, please they're, don't worry just, about it. they're just screwing them so hard it hurts to watch. Oh, no. Are we going to get Nemo 3? No, they're, no. It's all, all of their movies that have come out in the last... That, what, that have come I, out in the you, last three times have not come out in movie theaters, even though movie theaters have been open. Oh, I see, yeah. I see. Only, only Disney Plus really screwing them over. They're, they're making no money. Sad. So the thing that is most impressive to me about Emma is the little tiny things that make it feel more human. Like just like the way her, her eyes like would light up just a little bit more with certain words or like the little head tits, tilts and stuff. Mm -hmm. That is the crazy technology. Kevin, is that the fourth D? What is like, – I know the three oh, Ds, but Jesus. what is this fourth D? That might be the fourth D, yeah. 30 terabytes of unique 4D data. I mean, I think that is I I, I think that is the 72,000 train shapes that they're talking about. I do think that is the impressive thing about this is I know like watching the video, it very obviously isn't a, a human being, right? You can still tell that it's CG animation from that, but it is the way that Emma is emoting that really throws throws it off and really made me go, oh my god, like she's moving very naturally in a way that like in a way that is off putting to me almost. Like very uncanny, but in a way that's really cool because th these tools are being put in the hands of basically any developer that has Unity, right? And so the idea is sim similar to the Unreal Engine 5 where in the the preview that we did for that, me and Andy did for that, um, the devs talked about basically indie devs being able to create big open worlds via the tools that they have available with Unreal Engine 5 and the amount of shit that they can throw into a world because of how powerful the engine is, right? I think this is on the flip side of for character creation and for animation, a lot of indie devs, a lot of smaller studios are gonna be able to take advantage of this and actually make stuff that might look insane down the line. Yeah, you know, what's crazy to me, and this sounds like a dumb thing to say, but it makes sense. She, Kev, can you bring Emma back up, please? I like refer to her as Emma. Um, it looks more like a real human with CG on top than it does CG being a human. Like, this reminds me of, like, back in the day if there was a movie about the future and there'd be a person, like, with a hologram. Like, if you just made this a little bit blue, it'd be like, oh, okay, that's, like, what we think the future's going to look like of, of, like, airports and shit. But here it's, like, this looks like a human with, like, some CG elements on their face. Like, look at even the like neck the and, like, shoulder area. Like, it looks like she's breathing. It looks like, like, you see, like, muscle twitches and shit like yeah, that like her, her that's neck crazy when she talks you can see her neck moves a lot like the the yeah. lower parts of it nuts yeah absolutely insane did you did you ever watch the kara tech demo that quantic dream put out maybe like mm -hmm. a decade ago at this point yeah i remember watching that 
like a billion times. I couldn't get over it uh, watching that tech demo. And we've come such a long way since that. I, I'm sure if we pulled that up, and in fact, Kevin, if you're able to, could you look up Kara tech I'm demo? I'm already on from, it. Yeah, thank you. At the time when I watched that, I was blown away, partly mm-hmm. because I was really into the, like the tech demo and like the, the the story of it, in which they eventually turn into Detroit Become Human. But also the tech of it struck me as like, this is crazy. This is insane. But I wonder, I've, I've not seen that video in a while. I feel like if I watched that video now, I'd be like, oh, like games look better than this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Kevin tech, it, right? Like we just get used to this a level of CG. I mean, this it reminds it, me it. a lot of like watching The Matrix and, you know, seeing like what holds up and what ID. doesn't hold up. And, like, we're just in this era of CG. Can you move your head? That, that just continues to get better but where there's some movies that look timeless like looking at like pirates of the caribbean right the cg that now. is so fucking good and it has a lot to do with the style of it where it's like it feels like a choice the 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 the, the problems with it feel like a choice as opposed to a limitation and mm-hmm. i think that with a lot of this stuff with, with the 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 tilts and the motions and stuff that's what this that we're watching now lacks yeah yeah it's wild i'm, I'm like watching this uh, card demo. i'm like yeah this looks textures. like a ps4 game yeah, I mean, this is she's also an Android here, so it's a little not a one to one. That's true. my girl, Emma. She's a real girl. All right, calm my down, girl, Tim. Emma, is a real girl. Calm down. Can you fast forward a little, uh, a little bit when she, like, actually becomes human? Oh, oh, oh. All right, they don't show it. They don't show it. This has to be YouTube appropriate. Yeah, no, it's wild how far we've come. Because, yeah, yeah, I'm watching this and I'm like, yeah, this looks like an animation. This looks like it, I played go. it on PS3 or something. All right, we can put this away. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Kevin. But yeah, Unity, uh, congratulations on getting, uh, whatchamacallit, Ziva? Ziva, Ziva Dynamics. Uh, please don't take over the world with androids. Story number six. Yakuza creator Toshihiro Nagoshi and NetEase have formed a new studio. This is Marie D'Alessandri at GamesIndustry.biz. And this is one that I think has been about like a year in the making. We've been Hold talking on, about bless. Finally I just had a What's horrible, that? horrible realization oh, no, about where we are as a people. Mm-hmm. For years, well, the comparison, the, the low-hanging fruit joke is that looks like a PS2 game. Yeah. We're getting to a point that we could say it looks like a PS3 game, and that that has rellevance, that has understanding. And what we mean by that is Kara. Yeah. <laughs> that hurts weird, my right? soul, bless. It means it means we're getting old. Like we're finally we're getting, getting old. Up there. Oh, this looks like a PS3 game. When I remember PS3 being the most impressive thing ever, I remember playing NBA 2K on P- on PS3 and being like, "Yo, this looks real." Now, if I played NBA 2K on PS3, I'd be like, "Why am I playing this? I could be playing NBA 2K." Why am I 20. playing this? <laughs> Why am I playing this right now? Uh, again, this is the Yakuza creator that he's a former new studio, Marie Sandry at GamesIndustry.biz. NetEase unveiled a new studio from veteran Yakuza producer and executive director Toshihiro Nagoshi, simply called Nagoshi Studio. Nagoshi will serve as CEO and representative director of the Tokyo-based developer. The studio has a founding team of eight, me- eight other members, uh, all veteran from Sega and Yakuza developer Ryu Ga Gotoku Studio. Nagoshi Studio will focus on, quote, developing high-quality console titles that will be released globally, NetEase said. Toshihiro uh, Nagoshi left Sega in February 2021, and reports emerged in August that he was joining NetEase. I'm going to hop from that into a, uh, a couple of Twitter posts from Nibel, uh, who uh, tweeted out some more details uh, about the situation. This is from Nibel, quote, In an interview with Famitsu, Nagoshi explained that he chose to leave Sega because he didn't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. He also pointed out that there are less overall constraints at NetEase, and he'll be, doing, and he'll be closer to game dev again. 
As for the first title from Negoshi Studio, it's very focused on quality and appealing to core fans and the broader gaming audience. They want to announce it as soon as they can. Uh, the game will have a large scale, and Negoshi is interested in doing things they couldn't do before. So go get him, Negoshi. Congratulations yeah. on the on the move to uh, NetEase. I'm very curious to see what this is because you know it's not going to be not going to be Yakuza or Judgment, right? Because he doesn't have those IP. I wonder if it's going to be a lot like those, right? I wonder if he's mm-hmm. going to make a Yakuza like, or if he's going to go for it and try to make something that's a bit different and new for him. Yakuza like, is that yeah, you trying to try to make a new? I've been trying to figure out what our new phrase is. Yeah, Yakuza like. You hear that? Yeah, Judgment is Yakuza like. I guess Yakuza might be a um, a Shenmue like, if anything. Yeah. Is this one that interests you at all? Like, do you have any? Do you have any stake in a a new Yakuza like game? No, I think it's cool. I, I'm always interested when when creators kind of leave a team and then they go off, and it's like, what's their their project going to be? Is it going to be like a spiritual successor? Is it going to be something completely different? Like, I don't know. It could result in like Battle in Wonderworld, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, it can. You was, that was maybe the most cursed thing you could have said about this. I know, I know. Like there are fans of there's fans of this man. That I know. Are like, I'm, oh, I'm so shit. sorry. I take that back. That was that was too too brutal for a Monday morning. <laughs> that was way too far. That was way too far. But yeah, like, again, yeah, I'm very curious to see what this is. Um, I like what he's saying about being able to have more freedom uh, and being able to kind of like him being clo- closer to game dev uh, and him not having the overall constraints that you would have at a Sega. I that's kind of what you want for creatives. You want creatives to be able to do their own thing and be able to operate the way they want on their game and make the game that they truly believe in and want to make and also not get burnt out after making the same series over and over and over again. Um, shout out to Hideo Kojima <laughs> and um, uh, uh, what's Smash Creator. I can't think of his name. Sakurai. 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 Thank you. Shout out to, shout out to those two. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm curious to see what this actually brings out of them um, because I know there's a lot of Yakuza fans out there and like from playing both some of Yakuza and some of Lost Judgment, those are some good games, some cool games, and I want to see more games like that. Bless, uh, totally, totally, totally off topic of this, yeah. but this weekend, I finally listened to J. Cole's latest album, Front to Back. Tim, that came I out know. nine I know. months ago. I know. I've heard songs here and there, but I, I, I just haven't listened to it. I've been sleeping on a classic. I can't fucking believe it. And I know I'm so late to this conversation, but him mentioning Hideo Kojima, I lost my shit. I was like, let's go. Let's go. Oh, dude, it's such a bar. I was repeating that bar all week when I heard that. I was like, man, J. Cole still got it. Yeah, still you were sleeping on a classic. That about that album slaps. Also, shout out to Earl Sweatshirt, who dropped an album last week. I don't know if you listen to Earl Sweatshirt, but no. uh, I mean, also still got it. All right, I got to check that out now. Yeah, check year. out the new Earl. Uh, let's round out the Roper Report with story number seven. Sony Pictures Classic, or Sony Pictures Classics, picks up Alex Helfrecht's animated movie, A Winter's Journey. I know this doesn't sound like a gaming news story, but we'll get there in a second. This is from Anthony D'Alessandro at Deadline. Set in Bavaria in 1812, A Winter's Journey follows an itinerant, lovelorn poet who undertakes a hazardous walk across mountains, ice, and snow, a journey which will bring either li- either death or a new life. Painted by the animation artist behind the Oscar-nominated Loving Vincent, A Winter's Journey is a romantic and epic tale which blends live action with CG and painted animation. The world of the film is the first to be built using PlayStation's Dreams, developed by PlayStation Studios' mul- multiple BAFTA-winning game studio Media Molecule. The pick is an adaptation of Franz Schubert's timeless masterpiece, Winterese, the most performed classical song uh, in the world, or song cycle in the world. Quote, especially in these times, says Helfrich and Tietl, uh, we feel a need to escape into a different world filled with beauty and timeless music. 
We're lucky to be working with some of the world's greatest actors, artists, and musicians, and couldn't think of a better partner than Sony Pictures Classics to bring our film to diverse audiences, end quote. That's cool. Dreams being made to use like an actual movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's absolutely wild. I wouldn't have uh, expected this, uh, especially now, like maybe being like a tied in marketing thing around the release of dreams. But that's kind of cool. The dreams is out there doing its thing. You know, I mean, I, I do think this kind of expands the worldview of what's possible in terms of movie creation and, and all of that, you know? Yeah, this is one of those things that I would have thought about happening before Dreams came out. Uh, like when we speculate about what's the power of Dreams, what can Dreams can do before that game came out, I feel like we had we had hopes for Dreams being able to do everything. Right? People are gonna be able to make movies, and make albums, and make games, make like, games that'll come out on on the PlayStation Store, and all these things in Dreams. And now that Dreams has been out for a couple of years, it came out was impressive, but also didn't really. I don't think lived up to the potential that it had in terms of people taking it and making wild things with it that existed outside of dreams. And for us, get, us getting this news, you know, this I feel like is the first one of the first times where I'm like, oh shit, yeah, like dreams is like a really good, um, like it, the tools are great. And I don't think people are really arguing the tools, but this is the first time where I'm looking at this and I'm like, shit, man, like dreams might have it in the tank if we start seeing more stuff like this, more projects like this. And of course, like totally. Sony picks it up as a way to boost it, obviously, but. You know that's still huge that they're picking up a film and putting in that work and i'm sure this will come out and have like you know might be oscar nominated if their track record is anything to go by and that's gonna be huge for them uh yeah and so yeah i i, I wonder what this means for the actual like potential that dreams has even beyond this do we start seeing more stuff like this out of dreams yeah i mean people have made entire youtube videos in dreams people have yeah even on youtube.com slash kind of funny games people can maybe check out the blessing show where uh, i'm hosting it from dreams and talking about dreams uh and I'll, i had nothing i was gonna mention about is dreams it, is that the most popular episode no it's not it's fucking greg miller talking it's about avengers greg miller talking about <laughs> avengers. avengers yeah it's like and the, the worst part about it is that Every time the Dreams video is about to catch up on it, Avengers drops some content, and then the Avengers video gets thousands of more views. And I'm like, fuck, man, almost. Like, you almost catch it every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go check out that Dreams episode. Um, yeah, watch it. Give it the views. If you already watched it, watch it again. Yeah. Uh, what's the thing I was going to say about Dreams? I forget what I was going to say about Dreams. Anyway, I want to go check Dreams out again, because I did I, I did that last year around this time for that video, and I was su- super impressed by the the dreams that i came across right the games mm-hmm. and stuff that people were making in there um and like i forget if i mentioned this one in the dreams video i must have right there was a dream there's a dream called lock which is a first person puzzle game where you go through a house and you are solving puzzles and it is basically the witness but with words and it is to this day one of the most like impressive things i've seen in a creation tool like that to the point where if they released that just on the playstation store and sold it for 10 bucks it would have I, I i i think that's the thing you could have done and it would have popped off now i remember what i was going to say i was going to say bring dreams to pc i don't understand why dreams is on pc that's what i was going to say more people need to get their hands on dreams there was a this weekend something was going viral of somebody trying to remake the jurassic park t-rex in dreams and it was just unbelievable I that was happening like I, I want to say at, at a certain point weekly when dreams first came out when it came out in beta um, or in early access there was like viral stuff left and right coming out of dreams yeah and, I can't find it now but that's crazy yeah I feel like now that we're a few years ahead of it it's not as like newsworthy anymore like people are like oh yeah you can make stuff in dreams but the, the game's still impressive like dreams is still an, imp- an impressive tool that 
again, if they bring it to PC or even if they put it put a version of it free on PlayStation or PS Plus, maybe make allow you to play the games for free. I there is so much you can do with Dreams if you market it and put it in people's hands that I feel like they're kind of missing out on. Kev, um, uh huh, fix it, Richie in the chat just dropped the Twitter link. If you'd bring that up for a sec, yeah, Kev, bring that up as you're doing that. Uh, <laughs> Hold on one second, I can hear. I'm trying to, I'm trying to fix something on uh, Nick's computer, and I guess he's talking to Andy, so I can hear it. Can the audience um, hear it? No, they can't hear it. I mean, can we so. allow the audience to hear it? No, oh no, God. no. That would be a <laughs> breach of uh, confidence, Derek. I've ever, you know, a breach of confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, I can't wait for Kev to bring mm-hmm. up this thing that you linked, but Kev doing is, that you don't is have so to. far. Well, he did it. What? That's so loud. <laughs> Shit's crazy. This is cool. This is cool as hell. I'm I'm laughing because audio listeners just kind of fucking <laughs> scream out of nowhere. But yeah, no, this looks insane. Holy shit. Yeah. Shout out Holy to Dreams. Cow. This is fucking crazy. Shout out to Dreams. Uh Tim, I mm. can't wait for Dreams to eventually come to PC, but it seems like that might be so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Drop Shops today, where'd I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Out today, we got Hidden Deep for PC, and then The Demon Lord is new in town for PC. New days for you. Weird West is coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Game Pass March 31st. Uh, Strategy RPG Heroes Hour uh, comes to PC on March 1st. Apex Legends Season 12 Defiance launches February 8th, featuring a new legend named Mad Maggie. And then this is breaking. uh, A Memoir Blue, the interactive poem from Annapurna Interactive and Cloisters Interactive, will now launch on March 24th. 4th 2022 for xbox series x uh xbox game pass ps5 ps4 switch and pc the short delay will help ensure that a memoir blue launches in its best form and i'm sure that's to also ensure that memoir blue doesn't get lost in february because february is insane um but looking forward Oysters. to memoir blue tim of mm-hmm. course people can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where they can go they can get the show ad free they can write with their questions they can write with their squad ups this week or i should say today specifically uh we got a special write-in from the one, the only, Kenny Ballou. If you remember that name, of course, Kenny Ballou is the person that writes in every 100 episodes for 100 episode roundups. And of course, today, Tim, is our 1,100th episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Hurry, everybody. Insane. Wild. A lot, of, a lot of numbers. It's a lot of episodes. Uh, Kenny Ballou wrote in with a whole write-up uh, talking about the different stats as he does. And I'm going to go through it. I pared down. I'm sure Kenny Ballou will post all this on Reddit if you want to get the deep dive. I edited it down as much as I can because there's a lot in here. Um, and so, Tim, let's mm-hmm. get into it. Again, these are all Kenny Ballou's words. Uh, Kenny Ballou writes in and says, Today... Monday, January 24th, 2021, it, 2022 actually, is the 1100th episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Congratulations. After what may have been the biggest week uh, news-wise and hopefully views slash listens-wise, uh, you've reached another 100-episode milestone. As I did for the previous 100-episode milestones, I put together some stats and fun facts about the show. I tried to keep it a bit smaller than last time. It got pretty lengthy for the 1000th episode recap. Feel free to pare down and then I'll post the full rundown on Reddit like usual. So there you go. There have been a total of 123 hosts of the show, only two new uh, host editions since episode 1000, Ryan Panagos, or Panagos uh, and Hombo. For the regulars, the rankings are as follows. Uh, Greg 
has a total of 657 shows. That's plus 23 since last time. Tim has a total of 386 shows. That's plus 46 since last time. Uh, Blessing, that's me, has a total of 302 shows. That's plus 51 uh, shows since last time. And I'm closing in strong on Tim. Uh, (laughs) Andrea, RIP, is sitting at 173. Gary is sitting at 167. And I'm going to go all the way down to number nine, where we have um, some folks who have been appearing on the show a little bit more recently. Andy has a total of 44 shows. That is plus 16. And number 10, Janet is sitting at 31 shows. Uh, that is plus 18 since 1,000. And then Tamor is sitting at 27 shows. That is plus 20, 20, that's plus 22 uh, since 1,000. That's hosting, cool. Right? That's real really quick, cool. I mean, Imran at 99. We got to figure out some, his 100th appearance. We got to figure out do something cool. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. We for sure got to do that. And to give people context, right, uh, I jumped down. But, yeah, Andrea's number four. Gary's number five. Imran's number six, Jared is number seven, Fran is number eight, and then we get to number nine at Andy. For hosting combos, uh, at number one, we got Greg and Tim at 154 shows. At number two, Greg and Andrea at 121 shows still, which is wild. Uh, At number three, Greg and Gary at 112 shows. At number four, Tim and Blessing at 101 shows. Uh, We've had the largest jump since episode 1000 with plus 19 shows. And at number five, it is Greg and me at 75 shows, plus three since 1000. Of course, the Dude, show is- I, I think that at the eventually mm-hmm. me and you will be the most common one. You think so? You think we're gonna overtake Greg and Andrea? Oh, actually, oh, we're close. What? Never mind. We're close. We're close. Yeah, I think we will because me and like, you other, consistently other... host together. The number one is Greg and Tim right now. But which... me and Greg, which is on the calendar for us to do it every week, we don't always do it every week, you know. So I think that over time, it's going to take a while, but I think that we'll, me and you, we got it in us, dude. I, I, I hope so. I hope so. I think we'll get there. It might take maybe like a year or two for yeah. us to finally hit it, but I think we'll get there. I'm right there mm-hmm. with you. For hosting combos, uh, Greg and Tim, wait, no, did I already do this one? I already did this one. Uh, the show is run by one of the hosts who reads the Roper Report segment transitions, etc. The rankings for this is, at number one, Greg at 633 shows. That is plus 23 since episode 1000. Number two is me at 237 shows. That is plus 44 since 1000. Uh, at number three is Tim with 88 shows. Number four, Andrea with 30 shows. And at number five is Imran at 29 shows. Then a few spots down, we got at number nine, Janet Garcia at 15 shows, a new entry. That is plus nine since episode 1000. For some advanced metrics, the rankings for percentage of shows uh, run to shows hosted for KF employees and part-timers. I love this because now we're getting to the nitty-gritty. You know, now we're getting to statistics. This is like when you reach page three of, like, your Smash statistics to see, like, what characters have picked up the most items and shit. Uh, At number one. worldview. At number, stands for world view. At number one, we have Greg at ninety six point three percent of his episodes uh, uh, hosted versus uh, episodes in the um, in the I guess guest seat. And number two is me seventy eight point five percent. And number three, Tamor sixty three percent. And number four, Nick Scarpino at fifty percent of the shows hosted <laughs> on KFGD. <laughs> That's really funny. And I don't number- get Nick off this list in any way. It's a disgrace. Right? And number five, Janet Garcia at 48.4% of her shows hosted. Rankings for those who have done the sound effects for the show. Uh, that is the Roper's, Roper's Report jingle, Baker's Dozen, etc. At number one is Kevin at 785 shows. That is plus 87 in the last 100 shows. At number two is Barrett with 193 shows. That is plus 13. Uh, and then the rest of the rankings remain unchanged, except at number seven, 
the, uh, is the combination of Kevin and Andy when Kevin's voice stopped working. Uh, that happened sometime in the last 100 episodes. I do not I recall. love our lives. Our, right? None of this makes sense. Thank you uh, all for watching. <laughs> yeah, thank you all for being a part of this ridiculousness. Uh, and then let's see here. Updated Roper Report info. And let me tell you, this is, this is a stat that is stuck in my mind, Tim, since we read it on the episode 1000, all right? There have been a drum roll of 5,000 274.1 items on the Roper Report. A baker's uh, dozen. A baker's dozen. And I'm I'm be honest. I try to get those numbers up sometimes, but like I also try to make, <laughs> keep the show good. And so like it's kind of hard to get those numbers up. Uh, at number one, right? Greg has had a total of 2,900.6 items, uh, and that is plus 122 since the last 100. I am at number two with 1,244.5 Roper Report items. Tim's at number three of 451. Emron uh, is at 138.5 unchanged. At number five is Jared. Wow. And then this next part is the most interesting part to me, and I know it will be to Tim, and for people who listen to the Kind of Funny Games Daily Post show. Incredibly, there have now been a total of 453 shows since the last show in the studio. That means oh. over right that means oh. over 40 percent of all the kfgd episodes have not been done at the studio this that continues to amaze me yeah for over 40 percent have been right, working from home. right oh, that sounds wrong man. Right? we've been working from home for two years and uh kfgd i what started in 2017 yeah so that that's about right wow that's about right. wow, wow. KFGD. uh let's see where did I stop? Uh, this stat continues to amaze me. I feel like you guys were just in the studio a year ago, and I feel like that too. It's still wild. Yeah. Uh, and then this is where we get into the post show stuff. Maybe the best addition to the show over the past few hundred episodes or so is the shit list on the post show where Blessing, Tim, and Barrett discuss and critique a video game list put together by someone on the internet. Sometimes it gets quite heated. Here's looking at you, the gamer's list of top 15 modern platformers better than Mario 3D World. What a terrible list. Disgusting I think, list. <laughs> disgusting list. I think this may be my favorite segment. Seriously, if you're not a Patreon member uh, uh, to get this, it's worth it alone. A few notes on the shit list. There have been a total of 40 shitless segments, possibly 41. I'll get to that in a second. The first unofficial segment of the shitlist was on April 3rd, 2020. Kevin was running the post show, so no Barrett. It remained unnamed until the 12th segment on April 26th, 2021, almost a year later. On that post show, Tim suggested the name shitlist and it stuck. That could have been the 13th episode of the shitlist, but on October 26, 2020, Blessing had proposed to look at another list, every rare game ranked, but Tim decided to answer a reader mail question instead. On Wednesday, June 9th, 2021, there may have been an episode of the shitlist, but the only audio on the post show was Barrett, lol. It sounded oh, no. like they were discussing rankings of things, but it can't be counted oh, as no. an official episode. <laughs> Very fair. Hey, it happens. It happens. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> happened to me. It's ha it happens so easily. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, it is blessing Tim and Barrett, but there have been three shitless segments without Tim, uh, May 10th and 24th, 2021, and November 1st, 2021. Each of those days, Tim had to leave early without doing the post show. Kevin has been a part twice instead of Barrett. Roger has also been a part of it three times instead of Barrett. Of the 40 segments, two have been remixes. Once Barrett had had Tim create his own rankings for his favorite E3 press conferences, and the second time was Blessing and Barrett reviewing a list of the best Nickelodeon cartoons. Blessing pulls the list from various websites across the internet. A few have been featured multiple times. Games Radar with eight lists, Game Rant, four lists, The Gamer, four lists. Barrett rightfully hates The Gamer list. They are controversial. 
Screen Screen Rant is sitting at three lists. Complex is sitting at three lists. Culture of Gaming is three. Game Informer is three. And then Watch Mojo is sitting at three lists. Mm. Congratulations on making it to 1,100 episodes. It's truly incredible how the show keeps growing and it keeps getting better. Thank you for all the hard work you put into the show every single day. Love, Kenny Baloo. And Kenny Baloo, we love you. Thank you yeah. so much for the write-up, especially for the shitless stuff. I know it doesn't matter for probably most of the viewers since most people don't get the post show, but for people that watch the post show and hang out with the shitless, it is my favorite part of the show and it's something that we have a lot of fun with and so i highly recommend listen to the shit list this post show for today's episode might be us revisiting every rare game ranked so get ready for that tim uh and it's not uh, let me clarify it's not actually every rare game it's the top 10 best games gotcha. by rare i couldn't find the everywhere rare game ranked article it's a lot of games um, but still we're going to be talking about some rare games but yeah thank you again kenny blue and again thank you everybody for 1100 episodes that is incredible and uh the fact that i've been here long enough to be number two most hosting on the show blows my mind because i used to listen to the show every day when <laughs> and so crazy yeah, thanks again fucking wild now it's time for kind of funny.com slash you're wrong that's where you write in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so you can correct it for those watching later on youtube and on podcast services nana writes in and says bless you said we got pokemon sleep but that game still isn't out yet uh, I don't think I meant to imply that we already got it. Uh, I think I, when I said we got it, I think I was meaning like we got the announcement or the idea of it. Um, but yeah, if we had no Pokemon Sleep, of course I'd be using it, Nano. You know, I'm well aware that we don't have Pokemon Sleep, especially because I don't get good, good sleep nowadays. You know, uh, let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, Nano. Now you're just now you're just nitpicking, Nano. Now you're just. Nitpicking. I mean, he's nitpicking, but I appreciate it here. Tim said Legends Arceus is one week away, but it comes out this Friday, way sooner than it actually feels. That's wild, wild that it's that soon. Days away. Fuck yeah. Uh, Kebab says uh, Weta is pronounced Weta like wet because I said Weta. Uh, also, the acquisition was Weta Digital. Weta works. The acquisition was Weta Digital. Weta Workshop, famous for making swords, and I don't know. I don't think I've got that wrong, one wrong, but sure. And then Kevin, you say you don't think so. You don't think it was it's pronounced Weta? No, no, no it I'm is saying Weta, you you but... didn't say it wrong. I, I oh, didn't know you say it wrong. I thought you nailed okay. it. I, I didn't notice that either, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Bander SN says, the Zelda 35th anniversary included the Zelda game and watch and the Zelda Skyward Sword Joy-Cons, which were dope. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, okay, I thought somebody was kidding with me, but I think they're being serious. Plumbers writes in and says, the fourth dimension in 4D is time. So saying that their data is 4D oh, means it's video instead of still images. That sounds dumb. That's not something you brag about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. This week's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like this. Tomorrow, you're getting Greg and Gary Witta. Wednesday, you're getting me and Andy. Thursday, you're getting Greg and Tim. And then Friday, Friday you're getting me and Tim Tamor Hussein from GameSpot. Get hyped for that. If you're watching this live on Twitch after this, is I gotta check the calendar because I think there was a switch up. I think it's Andy and Mike playing a game. No, nope. it takes two. Mike, nope, Andy out. and Nick playing. Mike's Andy, yeah, Andy and Nick playing. It takes two or Icarus. <laughs> so one of those. Look forward to that. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Plays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level. Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. I'm laughing because somebody, uh, some jokes are out there in the middle of, of my like sign off. <laughs> <laughs> 
put the word banana. And I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know who would do such a thing. But I think it might have been Greg Miller. It wasn't Greg. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Wait, that is <laughs> what a, how did we went? A thousand one hundred episodes of the show without Kevin fucking with the doc that we're reading off. Oh no, we we haven't. I've done it before. Oh, oh my I think lord! To, <laughs> to, to, to bless you, do the nerdy news you need to know about <laughs> banana. We have a Patreon function. <laughs> he got it though. He got it. I was upset when he didn't because oh. I I updated that after this. Andy and Nick beat uh, twenty twenty one game of the year. It takes two. Uh. Oh, you updated that? I didn't know. Yeah, I, I update that. I updated that. So I was like, shit, he's not reading everything verbatim. Yeah. Damn. That is the thing. I, like that's because like I've, I don't I write everything down, but I don't read every single thing. Yeah, I just yeah, read yeah. it when I like I'm like, just in case. <laughs> that's really funny. Fucking, the, <laughs> I need somebody to clip out Kevin's little t- <laughs> laugh. Because it is that's a level of maniacal uh, that I have I've known him <laughs> since I was four years old, and I've never heard that chaos. Uh I've done it oh, before. Man. I added the word lightsaber in, into someone's script, and they read it. I can't remember who it was, but they read it no problem. They were just like, huh. Uh, oh. It's the fact that like, it's just a, the, out of all the words, banana, you just put it in the middle of my script. I love it. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, banana. We have a po- Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the server level of patreon.com. So, kind of funny games. so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.